Hello, everyone, and welcome to Interactions and Attractions, a podcast that explores rural tourism and all that North Carolina has to offer. I'm your host, Carol Klein, part of the Uplift program and a tourism professor at Appalachian State University. And I am so excited to embark on this adventure with all of our listeners and special guests. In this podcast, we'll be exploring the ins and outs of the tourism industry through conversations with some of the brightest minds in the industry. From seasoned tourism experts to inspiring community leaders and valuable state partners, we'll hear their stories, insights, and passions for the destinations that they hold dear. Come along with us to discover how tourism can aid the local economy, preserve ecosystems, and celebrate the diversity of our cultures. Hello, everyone. We are here today, or shall I say this early evening happy hour, with Russ Haddad. He is the business development manager for the North Carolina Craft Brewers Guild. Hi, Russ. Hey, Carol. Thanks for having me. Appreciate being here. Thank you for being here. Let me know. I have to ask, what are you drinking? I am drinking Festival Express, which is, I'll show you the label. This is from Foothills Brewery in Winston-Salem. It's an India Pale Ale. Very good stuff. It, it, that is the coolest label. And obviously the listeners can't see the label, but that is, you know, we're going to, okay, we're going to have to talk about like the trends and the labels and, and the, the graphics. Um, they're just really creative and artistic. Um, I love that. They, well, they really are. I mean, it, it's kind of funny you say that because it's really kind of, uh, the breweries are kind of reflections of their, of their communities that they're in. So a lot of the labels have representations of the communities. I love that. And, and the stories of the communities. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, well, so, so I had a hard time deciding what I was going to have. And, you know, since I work up at Appalachian, I wanted to kind of stick with the Boone area, um, you know, breweries. Okay. Um, okay. That's a good area. It's a great area. Right. And even though there's <laughs> like, we've got breweries in Blowing Rock and down the mountain and Morganton and Hickory. I mean, there's just, they're all over, right. The high country. Um, so I, what I have in front of me is classic Tropicale Pale Ale from Boonshine, mm-hmm. uh, the Honeysuckle, wait, Honeydew Honeysuckle Wheat from A&B, Appalachian Mountain Brewery, Okay. Uh-huh. and then this one I'm a little bit scared of, but it's called Kiss My Grits from Lost Ooh. Province Brewing, so just showing you the labels. Yeah. And I, I, I'm not sure which one I'm going to go with. Um, maybe, maybe I shouldn't, maybe I shouldn't even really say which one I'm going to go with, but uh, that sounded nice. That sounded really nice. That's right. That's right. And it it looks good, man. Look at that. Beautiful. Mm. Beautiful. That's a great pour. You do a pretty good job. Why, thanks. I just went straight can. I didn't pour into the into the glass. I'm, but, I'm much classier, as you know. It, I, I think you have experience doing that. I don't know. <laughs> well, anyone who knows me would describe me as extremely classy. So, uh, <laughs> Russ, let's get into, let's enjoy our beverage and get into the questions. Um, but, but just as a plug, yeah. you can't go wrong with any of those three beers. Right? Just so you know. Right? 
Yeah, I mean, they're all good beers. Yeah, if, if people have not come to Boone and visited the breweries in the high country and you know beyond Boone, they absolutely should. Mm -hmm. It's worth a trip just to do that. Certainly is. Yeah. All right, Russ. You and I have known each other for a while. It is my joy. I love having you here on the podcast. I, I love how we have kept in touch throughout my various. I love how we have kept in touch through my various career changes as well as yours. And here we are. Here we are. Um, my it's kind of funny how our paths always seem to cross and we're always down the line. I, lucky for me, they do. Lucky for me. And lucky for me as well. So, Russ, what is your experience in the tourism industry? We're going to give you time to explain that because you have done a lot, my friend. Um, and then what do you do in your current role? Sure, sure. So yeah, it goes back quite a ways to, uh, I moved to North Carolina back in 2000 uh, from Massachusetts. And um, I came here as a newspaper reporter uh, in Elizabeth City. Uh, and then a few months after that, I got a job as the uh, uh, tourism director in Elizabeth City at the Chamber of Commerce there. So I did that for, you know, eight years. So I kind of basically did uh, promotions and marketing for, uh, this waterfront town of about 18,000 people in Northeast North Carolina. Um, I had no huge experience in, in, in tourism at that point. Um, so I guess I kind of got lucky They I had some ideas and the beauty of it is it was a startup organization, you know, so I, so I jumped into that and then started, uh, you know, kind of doing some regional work with, with other partners in the Northeast. And I did that for eight years uh, in Elizabeth city. Um, was kind of mainly proud of kind of how we turned it into a, a kind of a subsidiary of the Chamber of Commerce and turned it into a tourism development authority, uh, and, and and it came became a spin out agency um, on its own. So it had its own budget, own staff, own office, that kind of thing. Um, so I was really proud to kind of do that uh, before I left Elizabeth City, and then I jumped over to the, the on the state level. Uh, what is now Visit NC was. North Carolina Division of Tourism, Film, and Sports Development. I think I got that right. Um, that was a mouthful. Even even geez, even back then, it was a lot it, to it say. Was. Um, it, it was. It was. I don't know. It rolls. It still rolls off the tongue. Good point. Yeah, it does. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, so I for, for so I did that for a couple of years. But I did uh, what I focused on for the state was heritage tourism. Uh, so working with communities on how to uh, build their assets, particularly about history and, and the, the stories that went into their communities and how can they build as an economic catalyst and attract more visitors to their communities. So I used to travel all over the state uh, from the coast to the mountains, uh, back and forth and everything. A lot of the focus was too on small communities, rural communities. Um, and there was an educational component to that where, you know, um, mapping all and taking an inventory of what they had to offer in their community. And a lot of communities don't really 
realize a lot, at least back then, I think they've got, they've come a long way over the years, but you know, still a lot of communities don't realize what they have for assets, um, that they can present to, to potential visitors. Um, and then, you know, being able to promote them using various strategies, um, use other resources with the state, you know, pull them together, Department of Cultural Resources, Department of Commerce. You know, we had a grant program, so I kind of put that out there. Civil War program was another, the, the marker program across state, I was part of that. Uh, the Blue Ridge uh, Parkway, uh, I was, you know, involved with that. Um, East Coast Greenway, when it was very, in its infancy stages, I was kind of, kind of part of that as well. Um, so those were kind of the programs I, I did, you know, from a statewide point of view. Then I kind of took a little bit of a left turn and, and went to work for a congressman and I did economic development uh, for him, but that still involved tourism, uh, kind of bring, you know, the overlap of trying to attract a company or a business to, an, um, to, a, uh, to a community through grants and federal resources that, that could be done, um, like small business loans and things like that. Um, but tourism, you know, a lot of times, uh, especially for, for the district I was, I was working in, uh, I was Congressman Butterfield. So he was again in the Northeastern part of the state. Um, so a lot of those communities were, um, were small, struggling, distressed, looking for ways to get up. But they, but what really a lot of them have was, um, or is lots of natural, beautiful, natural resources. And that's kind of what I kind of used to angle with them is that you could use those natural resources, hiking, biking, you know, trails, whatever it may be to, to get, you know, to attract visitors and potentially just have attract companies because that high quality of life. And that's really overarching thing with tourism in general. What's good for um, trying to recruit people to come and visit, you know, everyday residents can, can enjoy those things on a daily basis. So that was kind of always been my mantra with with uh, with tourism and kind of fast forwarding to kind of I, I did some higher education work and a lot of community engagement was involved with that and working with with businesses. Um, and, you know, in Elizabeth City, again, that's Elizabeth City State University. A lot of that was working with the Small Business Technology Development Center uh, that was on campus to try to talk to and as a waterfront community tourism, the downtown area, that was kind of a big focus for, for them. Um, and then now at the North Carolina uh, Craft Brewers Guild, what I do is I kind of try to build the ecosystem uh, within the craft beer industry. So we have two kinds of members. We have the, the brewery members. Um, and then we have what's called allied members, which are the suppliers, the equipment people, the ingredients, all that kind of stuff. And I try to bring them together. But I also try to broaden the uh, community a little bit to try to bring in like the tourism organizations, the economic development organizations, um, you know, nonprofits, um, the, anything that can contribute to, to the, uh, the, the health and well-being of the industry and help it grow. Um, I try to reach out and try to get people to partner with us uh, as best we can. Um, so that's kind of, I, I, well, that's it. Universities educate. Well, we do have, we have an education collective where, you know, we work with a variety of community colleges and four-year institutions in the, in the system, UNC system, um, and some private institutions that, um, they provide some educational content, uh, and some research content that we can use, um, uh, to, to help our 
brewery members mm-hmm. um, sustain and grow and, and just fortify their businesses. Um, and through COVID, honestly, that was really, um, I kind of came in at the tail end. I've been with the, the guild for a year and a half or so. And um, so COVID, we needed a lot of that material. We needed ways and strategies to, to help them help our breweries through that period. Um, and, and educational institutions really helped a great deal with, with a lot of that. All right. Gosh, you said a lot that I want to react to. You know, Russ, I really do associate you with economic growth and, um, yeah, vibrancy of, of Northeastern North Carolina, because you did that work for so long. And Elizabeth City, I mean, what a cool city. What a really cool city. Um, they, they've done a great job. You know, people came in after me and I, I kind of always thought that I created the foundation for, mm-hmm. for, for what's going on there. But I mean, you look at what they're doing and, and I have to say, and not, not just because I work for the Guild, but when I was there and they had, you know, one brewery open, uh, Ghost Harbor Brewery opened up and that just kind of started changing the whole right. vibe of the downtown area. And then now they have a second one, seven sounds. It's just kind of adding to that. Um, and there's this incredible spinoff that's happening with new types of businesses coming downtown, a different uh, energy uh, for that. And that's kind of really um, what's been happening in a lot of small towns and big cities, you know, urban centers. Um, you know, craft, craft breweries have become really the catalyst for a lot of places. Oh, the catalyst for, you know, you used the word economic catalyst a while back. Um, and, and it's certainly that I think of breweries as a gathering point. It's a gathering place where people come together. Um, you know, well, I, I will say coffee shops are the same that, you know, uh, provide that same function. Um, but, but the, uh, oh my gosh. And, and like, and as you said earlier, the brewery, the beers, the um, way that the brewery facility is decorated. There's so many different ways that the place that 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 mm-hmm. it is in is incorporated into the various products and experiences of of that brewery. Yeah, I mean, you don't even have to like beer to come into a brewery. Exactly. I mean, it's it's everything from kids to dogs to grandparents to neighbors. You're right. It, 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 that is that is. Well put. That was thank you for saying that. It is a, it, it is the community gathering spot, and yeah, coffee shops are, are part of that. But now this is kind of this trend that coffee and beer are kind of coming together a little bit too. Yeah. Yeah. You know, this association with brewing. Um, yep. Some of our breweries have, have started kind of getting into the coffee thing, so it's really kind of interesting that how they, they, there is this connection there. Yeah, and and yes, it's very cool to have a brewery downtown. Um, but really breweries, wherever they are, they, they spark that, um, they spark that, uh, attraction that, that people come to the brewery and it draws in activity and it draws in foot traffic. Um, so yeah, I, I mean, that has been a trend for a while now and, and it's exciting to see North Carolina continue to thrive on that. I was worried a little bit or, you know, on the, on the onset of, of this growth of, of breweries, of craft breweries, I was a little bit worried that there would reach a saturation point, the bubble would burst, 
Um, but it doesn't seem to be that way. Is that what you're seeing? Well, I mean, so the North Carolina Guild is, is, is actually 15 years old this year. So uh, we kind of have been looking back and everything like that. But, you know, there was a, a boom period that was just astronomical growth from you know, all the way through 20, 2018 that, you know, 2008 to 2018. It was just, it was off, off the charts. It started state kind of modifying and stabilizing, you know, and, and COVID had a big part of that, um, that it kind of plateaued a little bit. Uh, but it was still growing. And in North Carolina, I mean, it continues to grow even through COVID. Um, we had more openings than closings um, through COVID um, and, and through this year. So um, it was um, nationally, I mean, the trend is that, yeah, we kind of hit a leveling off uh, period. Um, yet it, it does appear the, the Brewers Association, which is the national organization, uh, that does a lot of the research and, and kind of keeps an eye on on what's going on with the industry um, is kind of indicating that, um, you know, the third quarter of this year, we're starting to kind of bump up. Sales are starting to bump up again where they were just kind of flatlining to a certain degree. But I, th I think that there's, there's especially in North Carolina. Mm -hmm. So of the 420 um, breweries in North Carolina now, 40, um, how many? A, a large what? majority. What four, was that? 420. You are kidding 420 me. 420 breweries. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's, it's a, it, it is an amazing number. Um, but the, the, the majority, the super majority of, of those breweries are a thousand barrels or less. So they're real mom and pop family owned type of businesses. So the trend that, that the Brewers Association is seeing is that, that those, those size breweries are, are still they're doing a great job they're 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 growing um they're busy still so at least for north carolina and i think for the rest of the industry you know there there is uh, some real positive signs out there that you know COVID. there was going to be a shaking out period anyway i mean if you could hang on through COVID, and you know kind of seeing maybe a little bit that that some that were kind of on the edge are starting to fall off a little bit but uh for the most part you know um we, we seem to be in a, in, in, in a pretty good place coming out of that period. Um, and, we're, and we're still moving forward. So, you know, we're, we're happy to say that. And we look forward to the, the saturation point. Yeah, maybe, maybe in the urban areas. Um, but right, right. there's plenty of rural areas that, that could utilize a brewery uh, and use a brewery yeah. as that a yeah. catalyst that creates this, this energy that, that, attracts other things to come with it. Um, so so right. I, I think the eastern part of the state, and now um, to couple up with what we've got going on in the state with Toyota and VinFast and, geez, who else has got Apple? And, and I mean, the great That's job right. that, that Economic Development Partnership with North Carolina has done. Right, um, right. How do we, how do we complement that, supplement that? Um, right. Yeah, how do we kinda, how do we help know, rural communities benefit from that growth um, in, in their right. downtowns? And and you know we we can see we have a role somehow in making making that you know helping with that. Um, it's just a matter of finding the right way to do it and, and making the right contacts and providing the right resources. So that's right. Um, so we're, we're we're I think we're still bullish on on everything. 
So right. North Carolina may be unique may, may be unique in that because of what's going on with all these other big companies. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, so this podcast is called Interactions and Attractions. And I need to ask you mm-hmm. what I mean, and you and you sort of you address this in your introduction, but I'm just going to ask you specifically, were there any key interactions that led you to tourism? You know, part of the first one, I go back to the Elizabeth City days when Rhonda Twitty was the chamber president at the time. And, uh, you know, she she kind of um, when I was a newspaper reporter, I used to cover economic development, and local government and things like that. So I got to know her a little bit. She kind of gave me a, a, a you know a flavor or, or sense of kind of what was going on with tourism uh, in Elizabeth City, you know, what they wanted to do and everything like that. So she kind of got me excited and kind of uh, got me looking in a way that uh, maybe I could be involved with this. Um, I've always kind of been an idea person and always wanted to try to connect people and, and things um, and, and see things grow. And it's um, so, so she was she was kind of probably the, the most influential to get me into tourism. And, you know, we still kind of ch- chat every once in a while and kind of talk. Um, but really, there's a lot of people. The people up in the Northeast, you know, the, the Nancy Nichols, uh, who, who was used to, who was the, uh, you know, tourism director in Edenton. Well, she, she she's always, queen. you know, she was the queen and, and she, she was always oh helpful and always, yeah, she, she always was just there to listen and, and always willing to help and all that kind of stuff. So positive, um, and, you know, yes. I'd ask stupid questions you know, and she would answer them and not, not make me feel funny, you know, about doing that sort of a thing. Um, but you know, I, I, you know, to pinpoint people specifically, I mean, there's been really so many. I mean, you, um, geez, um, Wally was on, who who I still stay in contact with, and NC Welcome Centers to, you know, all all the local people, um, but even the businesses kind of who are part of the tourism industry, um, being able to watch them and talk to them and being to help them and assist them, and you know, not in a great way, but you know offering whatever expertise I had or, or any resources that I knew of um, to, to help them and nurture them and cultivate that. Um, you know, I, I mean, it's, it's, there's been a lot of people, a lot of people. Well, well, it's really like a two way street, right? Because, because when you and I knew each other back in the day, there was, I mean, I didn't know what I was doing. You know, we, we learned from each other and, 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 you know, we, I, I learned from the communities I work with now, um, when, yeah, I mean, I can give, I, I won't, but I could give so many examples of when we started Uplift, how the communities we're working with gave us, you know, advice about, no, 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 we, no, that's not going to work. That's not going to work. We, we need to do it this way. Absolutely. We are here to listen and do what you you know, say we need to do. Um, we're here to support your vision. So I, yes, I think it's a, a very symbiotic learning from each other situation. But and that that's probably true in any industry. Well, but I, I don't know. I think I think um, tourism is, is has unique people in it in general. Yes. Um, and that's why I find yes. it with, with 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 the brewery, the craft beer industry here in North Carolina, at the very least, and I've seen some of it nationally. Um, is that it's kind of a funny, funny, um, funny environment where it's, 
it's not competitive like in the in a in a like if you would see in the I know uh, high tech you know world or life sciences or whatever it may be um, well well the fast food restaurant business you know industry but every every brewery really helps each other they they're willing to feed off of each other you know guide mm-hmm. each other answer the questions because they I, I think there's this general and and I think tourism is is likewise they, there's this general sense that and general feeling that if 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 you succeed we succeed so um so i mean yes there is a competitive aspect to it um and and maybe in these days um it, it's getting more competitive um as more breweries come onto the scene but still there's still this this camaraderie um within the industry that's and right. and and again i think tourism that that's what i really enjoyed uh and do enjoy in, in with tourism is that um there's this kind of a brotherhood sisterhood what's the what's the term that we use for this but it's just a very collegial um atmosphere humanhood yes humanhood that's it that's thank you i I couldn't think of the term (laughs) i knew there was one though we will make it up um so so russ we were talking before about how breweries bring people to a downtown or wherever they're located. They're a gathering spot. They're a catalyst. Um, they're a social catalyst as well as an economic catalyst. And and we were speaking, I guess, mostly about the community, the local residents in, in that regard. But, but what's the relationship between local craft beer and travelers, strangers, tourists, guests to the community? So really, again, it still comes down to, to a lot of those elements of, of what a local resident, a, a, you know, everyday resident would get from a brewery, uh, the gathering spot, the, the getting, a, you know, being a reflection of, of the local community. It, you know, the, you, you literally, figuratively and literally, you get a flavor of the community in a brewery. Um, so, so, yeah, I mean, between that and there's a lot of cool swag that you can buy, um, but the different you styles, love the, the, but, I love swag. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And there's some, some pretty creative stuff out there too, these days. I'm hoping I'm going to get some guild swag out of this. Just saying someday, someday, <laughs> um, we'll, we'll, we'll work on that for you. Hook a um, girl up. Come on. I think I can, I think I can work on that. I think I can work that out, but going back to your, your comment about the label artwork. I mean, that, that is that in and of itself, I mean, that, that, you know, people see, see some of these labels and they kind of, oh, that's kind of cool. And they, but they, but they ask, people ask questions and like, where does it come from? What's this about? You know, but they also want to know the, the cool aspect of, of the smaller breweries in particular is that you can actually watch the beer being produced in a lot of places. So they kind of get this bird's eye view. They see the equipment right in front of them. So, so they, they, there's this thing about making beer. It's just, it's, it has this, um, mystique about it um and, and people are just enthralled by the whole thing so kind of the so you have this couple of things you you enjoy the beer but you all kind of the curtain see behind the curtain of how it's made um you take tours you know of the breweries in a lot of places a lot of places have events like the beer festivals or just different different things that that you know that visitors and, and local residents would enjoy i know places like raleigh they have the bear trail and you know um Greenville, you know, they have like the um, the uh, barbecue trail, but it, but it features breweries within that. Um, Charlotte and Asheville, I mean, 
at Wilmington. Yeah. Yeah, they all have, you know, they've all integrated some some aspects of that uh, in, into their into their um, tourism marketing. Yeah, it's it's almost like the visitor gets to feel like a local for a bit because they feel connected to the place. Well, it, it, I think that's a great way of saying that because it, you know it's it's one of the few places where you know you don't you can't tell the difference between a visitor and a and a, and a local person really. Um, a lot of times visitors kind of stick out, you know, um, in, in, in different settings, but in, in there, everybody's kind of there, um, having a good time. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, so, so let's talk about the guild. What does the guild do for its members and, and, you know, for communities, North Carolina communities? Sure. Um, so for, for, for members, it's kind of a free, uh, pronged, um, mission that we have. So we do advocacy, education, and promotion. So the advocacy is so we do lobbying with the state legislature um, on you know laws and regulations um, that relate to the craft beer industry. Um, that could be ABC regulations, um, those sorts of things, uh, permitting, uh, you know, all that kind of stuff. Um, the education is is kind of uh, more like professional development for our member breweries. Um, and that's kind of where the educational institutions come in, but also the allied members that we have, the, the equipment makers, the suppliers, all that kind of stuff. Um, we kind of do educational things about trends that are going on with, with, within the industry, how they can improve their, their businesses. Um, we, and that's both for, you know, startup breweries and, 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 you know, ones that are established. Uh, we kind of programming for those. We have what's called our Brew Smart Educational Series. So, um, you know, we bring sessions in for that, um, we go to different parts of the state uh, for that. And we just kind of present um, topics on um, marketing uh, to business leadership, to, um, you know, regulations and taxation, things like that. Um, you know, front of house, tap room management, those sorts of things. Um, and then we have at the end of the year, we have our annual conference. Um, that is kind of like uh, kind of a bigger version of those of those Bruce Smarts um, with some tons of social activities that are, that are bring in. So we kind of bring the entire industry together at the end of the year for, for, for the conference. Um, but we also do do a couple of um, that's kind of rolled into the promotional part, but we do educational things for um, the, the everyday consumer. Um, so, you know, we have an event uh called Hop in the Spring, which is kind of an awareness event that we have in April, um, which used to be NC Beer Month, but um, because of COVID, that moved to October, and we kept that in October. Um, but uh, so, but we, so we needed an activation, a consumer sort of program uh, to promote the industry and educate about the industry. And so we chose April to put, put it in a, So basically, it's a celebration of events, uh, new styles that come out for the year, um, coming out of winter. So the breweries and everything like that. So we kind of promote it that way. Um, and then NC bear month, uh, which coincides with the state fair, uh, and for 10 days, we are basically the beer vendor for the state fair. So our member breweries, uh, donate beer, uh, for us to serve. Uh, and we, we transform the, the South lobby of Dorton arena. If you know, it's the main building at the state fair right. into a tap room and beer garden. So um, about 18 to 20,000 people come through there over a 10 day period. Um, we sell them beers from across the state, different styles. Um, 
but the consumer that's that's our biggest consumer event so it's kind of like our version of 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 a festival mm -hmm. uh, for the guild and they come in and they can't get to know part of we, we try to get the breweries we have an nc craft beer night on the first friday of, of of the fair so people can meet the brewers we have tap takeover so you know they can meet the brewers that way too learn about the different styles um and just kind of learn about kind of the industry in general so we kind of do that that as well and that kind of coincides with the promotion um so we put that out there we have social media consumer and industry social media um you know we have a variety of events during the year that we just kind of push out um and just kind of uh, make sure people know that that things are going on yeah. and things are happening uh, within the industry oh my gosh y'all are so busy and i mean honestly i that would be a lot to work the state fair um if I thought it, it is, it is, um, oh. it is something else. Yeah. <laughs> that was my, my first event. Um, I so I started, I started full time in January 1st of 22. But before then I, 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 I just did some contract work with the guild to, and, and what a way to get baptized. That is one, one crazy event. I'll tell you, but it's, but, but it is a sense of accomplishment at the end of it that you made through it, but the, Thing is, you don't have time to relax because right after that we have our our conference. So you know, <laughs> in November. So it's um, but it was, but I didn't get scared away. I know Lisa Parker, our executive director, was was really afraid that I I would just say, oh, I can't do this, forget it, this is too much. But I've, I've hung with it, and uh, you know, it, it is kind of cool being in the behind the scenes of, of how that works. Um, but yeah, it, it is. We really start from, but you know, starting December of the previous year, we're planning for the for the public house uh, every year. So yeah, it's it's crazy. So I have a lot of underage students um, who could volunteer uh, to serve beer. Would that would that at the fair? Would that be cool? Well, they wouldn't be able to serve beer, but they could be a cashier. They could <laughs> okay. they could be greeters and check IDs. You know, they hey we. Have, if they want to do something, we got a we got a job for them. Excellent. We have a task for them. Excellent. Okay, so so Russ, so the guild does a lot of stuff for the members, but also the all of the activities and the initiatives. It spills over into benefits for other non-member breweries, frankly, and and communities and and the craft brewery industry as a whole, right? Yes, and that's the thing. I mean, yeah, we we have three hundred five or so member breweries of the four hundred twenty uh, that are open right now uh, in North Carolina, and uh, yeah, what we do really serves beyond the members. So non-members get it. Um, you know, they they get the full full benefit, which you know maybe they know. I don't know. <laughs> um, and, and they um, so anything we do for advocacy and these events that we have and the education. Um, and, and that may be the, the one thing that, that they don't get full, full benefit of is the educational part, but the advocacy and promotion. Yeah. Um, wherever we are, we're talking about the industry in general. So, um, if that succeeds, if we succeed in doing what, what we're, we're supposed to be doing, um, every, every, uh, brewery in the state is, is benefiting that, which if, if the brewery is benefiting, then the community is benefiting because they're, right. they're selling more beer, they're, they're, they're making more money, paying more taxes. I guess if you're an elected official, you like that, um, you know, more people are visiting your community. So, was, you know, that's another, 
you know, tourism and economic development, you're happy about that. Um, and, and, and again, it just, it, it brings an element to your, your, your community that, um, is very positive. Um, you know, I, I, I see you now with the social districts that are popping up across the state over the past year, since that was passed, um, that that's because you know, craft beer is in the middle of that as well. So there's, so you're um, talking about the social districts, you're talking about the sip and stroll. Correct. Yes. Yeah. So they're popping up in, in large cities like Raleigh and Charlotte, just as much as in small towns, you know, across the, across the state. So, um, it, it's, it's really, a um, the benefit is you know, it really reaches a lot of people. And that's kind of why we call it an ecosystem because there's so many pieces to it uh, and so many aspects to it that, um, either directly or indirectly, somebody's benefiting from this industry. Well, Russ, our time together is coming to an end. I know I'm going to want to have you and or Lisa on this to talk about the legislative part of this. The policy part is so fascinating. The history of the craft beverage industry and craft beer industry in North Carolina. We're going to have to do that a different time, but that is some cool stuff to, to know. Absolutely. Lisa would be your expert on that. Okay. She, she's okay. dealing with that on a daily basis. Yeah. And so, so, you know, I, I'm part of the Uplift program, and we are serving um, a, a certain number of core counties as well as the contiguous counties. You are the guild. So how do you see us working together to support rural tourism? Well, I, th I think is, and I think we've kind of mentioned some of it, you know, um, already is that, you know, what you're trying to do is, you know, build, you know, local you know, economic and be a catalyst and all this kind of stuff, especially in rural areas. And that's really where, where I, we see that, that that's where the growth will, will start happening. Um, it's kind of the next, next phase, next wave of, of maybe, maybe major expansion of the industry. So what resources are out there for, 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 for communities to utilize? Um, you know, what, what can we, we bring to the table for them and with uplift as a partner, um, to show the industry um, can be that catalyst as a gathering place, starting as a gathering place, but how and show kind of how like visually how that becomes an exponential growth a foundation to building uh, greater community um, prosperity and well-being. Well, I hope we can brew something up. <laughs> Yeah. Whoa. Did you just think of that? Yeah. A, a few. A, that was pretty good. No, I don't know. It really wasn't. Um, Russ, what is your favorite attraction in the state? You have to name one. Oh, man, do I have to be specific? Um, yeah. Oh, man. Well, um, well, I'm, a, I'm more of a, strangely enough, I'm more of a mountain enthusiast than a, than a coast person. What? You're like, okay, hold on. You're like, you're, it's not going to be in Elizabeth city. That is, you're like traitor. No, I, I know it's almost blasphemous. You know, I, I, whoever hit this there, I'm sorry. I don't mean to, you know, I, I do enjoy, I do enjoy that area. It's, it's fun. I love the history of that area in particular, Absolutely. but I think, you know, just stuff along the, the Blue Ridge Parkway, I, I, like driving through there and all that kind of stuff. And um, I, I don't know if that's specific enough, but there's that, that whole area. Yes. It just reminds, reminds me of Massachusetts. I was more in the hilly area of, you know, the, of, of Massachusetts. So 
and, and North Carolina in general reminds me of Massachusetts a lot. You have the coast, you have the middle of the state, and then you have the mountain area. But I, for some reason, just the hills and the mountains just really have always appealed to me in North Carolina. It's it just fun. Well, North Carolina is a state, and Massachusetts is a commonwealth. So there, I just proved that we're completely different. Totally. Totally. Um, yes. No, the North, I mean, the Blue Ridge Parkway is um, a national park, right? So absolutely that counts as an attraction. I mean, you can't, you can't go wrong with you know, the Outer Banks either. I mean, you really can't. Oh, no, see, that's what you can't do. That's what, no, people can't come on this podcast and just start saying everything's cool. No. It, well, we know it is. Well, it's cool and it's all right, but you know, but my favorite would be the mountain. Okay. Is that what you want? That's what you I want. want me to submit? Is that what you want? I want one. I want one. Can <laughs> can you give me one attraction in Elizabeth City? It's hard because there are a lot of cool things in Elizabeth City. And also shout out to Elizabeth City State. We have such a great university, you know, system and and all of our universities are so great and i know that sounds like a tangent but i wanted to say that earlier and so there i said it yeah um but as far as a, a, a you know specific i mean the museum of the Albemarle is a great starting off point it's right there on the uh, on the water right. on the river um overlooks everything and that gives you a real complete story and insight on a large section of Northeast North Carolina. Speaking of the university, there is one thing that I, I know is a project that's been going on for a few years now, is that they have a, a, a former Rosenwald school on campus that they're renovating and, and creating and make, making it into a heritage center uh, for Northeastern North Carolina. Really talk about the African-American experience in Northeast North Carolina and a research center along those lines. I, and I that is one project I totally look forward to seeing when they're then when that's completed i think that will will probably become my favorite spot amazing i look forward to that so much oh my gosh i had no idea i that is fascinating that is fascinating we have so many rosenwald schools in north carolina mm -hmm. still left standing yeah ah that is amazing we had upwards of like 800 we have like the second most in the country or something like that if i remember Goodness. correctly but um it was it was a huge amount and yeah, we lost many, but yeah, people have, have figured out that there's a great value to the history and the stories of those of those places. That's right. Oh, fantastic. Thank you, Russ. Thank you, Russ Haddad, for being here. Thank you for everything you shared with us. Um, we are so excited at Uplift to continue working with the Guild. And um, it was just personally, it was just so much fun to reconnect with you. Thank you very, very much. Thanks, Carol. I love to spend time with you. Thank you. That's all we have today on interactions and attractions. Thank you all for joining us. Stay tuned every Monday and Friday for new releases and be sure to stay updated on what Uplift is doing through our social media. The Uplift program is funded under award 04790769 from the Economic Development Administration, U.S. Department of Commerce. The conversations, insights, and recommendations are those of the podcast production team and do not necessarily reflect the views of the Economic Development Administration or the U.S. Department of Commerce.